0: you got your Bible. Just for a minute, would you open to Psalm 61? I was struck watching that show by the moment when the switch went and they added one too many things to the fuses and it all blew up. And for all of us, I know in my life there come times, this past week was one of them, where it feels like just one thing got added and the fuse blew and I don't know what it is in your world, but in my world, I start to wake up in the middle of the night. I start to have my mind just go places it shouldn't go. And the problem is, I lose the Christ that's supposed to be the center for all that swirls around me and all the lights and all the things that come. And for Christmas, for some of you, this is a time where the joy you're afraid is going to be overshadowed by grief. We're going to be overshadowed by. Things that have happened this year that seem to mar the time. I want to look for just a minute at this psalm because um, I know for me, when some things got added into my world, I felt like the fuse blew a little bit and that I was completely overwhelmed and that everything I should have been doing was on the same circuit as the thing that blew the fuse. King David experienced that after he had become the king of Israel, his son Absalom rose up and decided to overthrow David, who was the rightful king. As a matter of fact, Absalom raised such an army that he was able to force David out of Jerusalem, out of that high mountain area where he knew the presence of the Lord, and forced him to flee out of the promised land to the east of the river Jordan to a town called Manaheim. And In there, they think that he wrote a psalm, Psalm 61, most scholars say was written during this period of his life where after a time where he had known the Lord, he felt like he had now been thrown out. He just didn't know which end was up. I'm going to read this. Listen to this, these words from Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you, When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that's higher than I, for you've been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Just want to say three quick things about this, and especially if you are feeling or will feel a sense of overwhelmness, a sense that too many fuses on the same, too much electricity on the same circuit and blowing the fuse. First thing is, David says, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. David's prayers were not wrote, it wasn't boxes to be checked. You know, if you're in the hospital and they give you that call button that calls the attendant, you don't pick it up and press the button and say, Well, Job is checked. You know, I'm done. I've, I've pressed the call button. What do you do? If you're a medical professional, you probably know what the patients do. They keep clicking until they get the medical attention they want, the meds or the person coming, right, because they want to be attended to. The literal word there is, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. As we seek God, the first thing we do when we're feeling that sense of the the season or anything overwhelming our lives is we ask God to attend to us and we don't stop praying until we sense he has come because the Lord is near to those who call upon him. Rote prayers won't get it done. Just saying your prayers and checking the box doesn't suffice. It is knowing the presence of the Lord and the first thing we do is we call upon him. David at the end of the earth, for him outside the promised land, was the ends of the earth. And the word there, it says faint, can sometimes be a a lesser word in English. The other translation you'll see often is, from the ends of the earth I call to you, Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, when there's too much. The literal Hebrew word there means turned away. When my heart, because of the circumstances, has been turned away from God, I don't see God anymore. When I'm completely overwhelmed, what do I do? Well, I would say if I were writing this prayer, I would say this. Lord, when I'm overwhelmed, come solve my problems. Because that's what's bothering me. But that wasn't David's prayer. He didn't say, when my heart's overwhelmed, come solve it for me. He said, I need to be in a completely different place. He wanted to be back at a different place than he was. There in that city, Outside the promised land, without the presence of God, he prays this. Would you lead me and take me to a place where I'm not? Lead me, he says, to a rock that's higher than I am. And that's the second thing, is that I wanted to show you this picture. This is a rock fortress in Sri Lanka. And up on top of there, it's a a unique and and marvelous wonder, uh, natural wonder, that they built uh, an ancient city was built upon that. And while Jerusalem isn't exactly like built like that, it is on uh, a mountain area, Mount Zion and other mountains surrounding. And for David, the presence of the Lord was found where his enemies could not get to him. And in a situation like this, I can't get to a place like that. I hope there are stairs to go up there because I don't know how I would get up. I'm not much of a rock climber. You may not be either, but the point is, It's not by climbing to God. The message of Christmas is God came down here to us to lead you to a rock that's higher than yourself. Now, if you don't need a fortress, if you need nothing, and you feel completely self-satisfied, and and life is fine, and there's no issue, then uh, I wish you well. But for those who know they're in need and where the issues of your family and the issues of your heart, and you get honest enough to know that I can't do this anymore, I can't. The depression, the anxiety, the fear, the worry, whether it's about things in our culture, our world, your health, your relationships, your family, your friends, whatever it is, you say, I can't manage this anymore, then there's a rock for you and there's someone to lead you there. Because he came down and he put on human flesh and he said, this is the way to walk. This Christmas, is we add things in, and I know this week, next week, is going to be busy. I know there's going to be things in, to draw your attention. There's a lot of to-do list items for all of us. There's a lot of lights to add to the fuses. There's a lot of things to plug in. But before it blows, can I tell you and ask you to do something for me this week? Now, this is a very simple there's a tea bag inside this very nice Washington Nationals um, uh, jumbler tumbler. And if I take this, and there was a rock inside here or something that uh, just a hard something inside here, it wouldn't matter. But I have a tea bag inside here. And what do you do? We use a particular verb with tea that we use with almost nothing else. We say we're going to let our tea what? steep, right? Think of that word. This is hot water, and I just want you to think of what would happens when we pour our lives out. As he poured his life out for us, and we steep in the mystery. That what I'm adding to this, the analogy I want to use is that as we steep not in the things as our children so profoundly pointed out that aren't going to end up bringing us anything but dizziness. But as we steep in the mystery of God coming in human form, and what, if you, if you already have a regimen of reading and study, that's fine, but if you don't, I want to point you to not the story of Christmas this year, which are found in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, the narratives that we know so well, though we will read that next week, I want to point you to the reason for Christmas, the why and the what, the theology of Christmas, which is found in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. It's nothing about a baby in a manger. It's about the Word become flesh, dwelling among us. And so I want you to steep this week in John chapter 1. I'll be talking about them next Sunday, different messages in morning and in the evening, but we're going to be focused on the first chapter of John because that's the why of Christmas and the what of Christmas from God's perspective. The narrative we know well, but we need to enter into the story, and you can already see that we're changing as we're steeping. Let the mystery of this, the wonder that our children have so well put for us, let us steep in this message. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful example, portrayal, Lord, of what you've done and how you've done it, this event, Lord, this miracle of a virgin birth, this miracle of God becoming man, Lord, I know unbelievable in human terms if we try to put it in a laboratory, but Lord, you change lives because of the reality of steeping in truth. So Lord, as we go about this week and the many things that we will do and called upon to do and the changes, the travel, the different people will see, I ask you that you'd set deep within us the settled truth of Emmanuel God with us the one who came down to lead us to a rock higher than us to lead us back to the presence of God as David came back to Jerusalem singing in the presence of the Lord as you threw down his enemies Lord our enemies can sometimes be our our own fear our own cynicism our own inability Lord to see beyond our senses, but Father, open us up to the possibility of what you would do in us as we throw ourselves upon the rock that's higher than I and find our fortress and our shelter there. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Would you sing this with me? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him he send us out from this place filled not simply with Christmas spirit, Lord, but the Christ spirit that as we have received him as Lord, so we would walk in him. Father, in a culture that's confused about what to believe and what to say, that we would be the living Christ, that we would understand and share the gospel, live it out in a way that our neighbors, our friends, co-workers, and our family could see and enjoy in jesus name we pray amen